Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So excited about a big announcement that occurred this morning on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hello. And the announcement that was made this morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Uh, sharp on the morning show was what this year's Project Down and Dirty will be. Bradley, thumbnail sketch, what is Project Down and Dirty? Classic radio drama! So we're going to go back in time and relive the fantastical memories, it was terrifying for some, of War of the Worlds, a broadcast from 1938. We will be redoing said broadcast with the help of such fabulous theatrical presences as... Peter Rothstein uh, and um, Jeffrey Hatcher. Jeffrey Hatcher, thank yep. you. Along with um, other folks who helped us from Project Down and Dirty, the musical Jason Hansen. Mm-hmm. We've got Carl Deemer on board who helped us with Project Down and Dirty uh, Rock Show. Mm-hmm. So it's not just going to be these fools. We've yeah. also got a great team of people behind us to help raise money for some awesome charities. And that is the hallmark of Project Down and Dirty is we do it, you know, for fun, but really we do it to help uh, some wonderful organizations gain visibility and raise money. And this year we are paired with uh, a charity that we have worked with in the past, and that is the Sheridan Story. Um, We partnered with the Sheridan Story during Project Down and Dirty, the restaurant. And so we have known Rob Williams from the Sheridan Story for some time, and we are pretty familiar with the work that they do there. But Rob is joining us right now. Hello, Rob. Hey, Rob. Hello there, friends. We are so excited to be working with you again and working with you very specifically in this challenging time. Um, and we've spoken to you a couple times in the past year, but can you give our listeners once again a thumbnail sketch of what the Sheridan story is and what you all do? Absolutely. Thanks for having us. And we're excited to see the, um, you know, you fools are the fun part of this radio yeah. drama, I think. So. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Um, so the Sheridan Story is a community-funded nonprofit here in the Twin Cities. We're based in Roseville, and we focus on food gaps when children don't have access to the free or reduced meal programs, um, typically available at school or other government-funded programs. Um, due to COVID, so in March, we increased the food we were providing by 400%, providing about 100,000 meals a week. Um, and... You know, the need has just skyrocketed, especially as the government, um, different government programs have have tapered off for the families that need them. 
And um, Rob, you know, you mentioned kind of that that food gap and you and you talked a little bit about how oftentimes kids are served by the schools, et cetera. How, how, you know, we are currently right now, everybody is facing a very challenging time given COVID-19. What are the challenges that you've experienced at the Sheridan story? Well, I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges is just being able to scale up to respond to the need of the kids. Um, you know, there's about 300,000 kids living in food insecurity now. It's about a 500, uh, sorry, about a 50% increase um, from pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And scaling up and then also, you know, dealing with making sure our volunteers and staff are safe from COVID, making sure we can reach the families and kids without, um, you know, in in social distance and, and safe practices and things like that. Um, also, just having funding to buy the amount of food that we've been providing. Um, we've provided 2.3 million meals since March in response to COVID wow. and have actually had to decrease the amount of food that we can provide um, starting this in September a few weeks ago because we because of a lack of funds. Oh. So, Rob, what do you, as somebody who's been through Project Down and Dirty before, you've seen the power of My Talk listeners. Why um, did you choose to partner with My Talk again for this year's Project Down and Dirty? Well, I think you know, me, we as Minnesotans or or Western Wisconsinians, if there's some <laughs> folks over there listening. Um, you know, I think we we know what it is to take care of our community and to rally around those who need support. Um, and it's not a partisan issue or anything. You know, one way or the other, these are these are kids who don't have food. And your listeners in our community um, can respond directly to make sure that these kids have food. Um, you know, solving hunger is as simple as giving someone food. There's much more complicated reasons of poverty and those kinds of things, but if kids are hungry, they're not going to be able to learn, and they need we need as as many barriers to learning removed, especially right now oh, yeah, with the I was different say, learnings and stuff. Yeah, uh, and you're right. I mean, the the food piece. I mean, that when you really think about um, the the weight that the the like emotional weight that a child can carry when they know, when they are food insecure. Um, that 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 is something that we do not want our kids when they're trying to focus in school and get the education that they deserve. Um, we don't want them carrying that weight. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I think we can all agree by now that twenty twenty pretty pretty much sucks. Yeah. So yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and imagine and there's I'm, I promise you, there's listeners of yours right now listening who themselves them and their families and kids they're facing food insecurity and you know while it's a struggle to be home and you know working remotely or whatever um add on top of that that you might not have food for your kid and you know you don't know you don't want to send your kid to school because of covid but that might be the only meal they get and you know this is real kids right here in our community down the street um are listening right now yeah Absolutely. What does that experience look like for a child who, you know, um, is able to connect with the Sheridan story? So how how do you actually provide that service to the child? So it's different by different um, situation, the kids in or the district, school districts, how they're operating or whether they go to a charter school or private school or, or homeschooled or distance learning. Um, you know, as you can imagine, 
serving a kid in, say, Anoka Hennepin School District, which is much more spread out, um, or some of the rural districts we work in, may be a very different than a more condensed district like Minneapolis or St. Paul, where the kids are, more, are closer together, um, just proximity where, by, by where they live. And, you know, we have, we partner with school districts, we have, um, you know, food available at the schools for the kids going to school, we have some of them are being delivered delivered on school buses. Some of them are community pickup or drop sites. Um, you know, we really focus on getting that food as closely to the kids as we can, so that they can have it. And you know, it's we're not really interested in just solving hunger. We use the word hunger, but it's really about the effects of hunger on the kids. You know, receiving food increases their self-esteem, their grades, their test scores, their attendance if they're attending school. Um, and that's really what it's about, supporting the kids and our community so that they can learn and grow. Well, we are so excited, Rob Williams, to be partnering with you at the Sheridan Story once again for this year's Project Down and Dirty classic radio show. Um, <laughs> we uh, we really just can't wait. We will spend more time chatting as we get closer uh, to go time when it comes to Project Down and Dirty. And we'll be in touch certainly throughout Project Down and Dirty. But once again, thank you so much for joining us today. And we can't wait to raise a whole lot of money for you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. I'm excited. And if, if listeners want to learn more about what we do, what we do, they can go to the sharingstory.org. Yeah, and, um, I, and I, keep listening because we'll share more. I know. And I did just also want to say it's really easy at the Sheridan Story. If if right now you think, well, I want to help right now, um, it is really easy to figure out how to volunteer, how to how to donate. All of those things are very easy to do right at sheridanstory.org. The sheridanstory.org. Thank you so Thank much, you, Rob. Rob. We'll talk again Thank soon. You. That's Rob Williams from the Sheridan Story. They are our partner. We will be raising money for them uh, for Project Down and Dirty this year. We really can't wait to get that off the ground. By the way, that is the last week of October. So that's what you're looking forward to. Um, We're going to have a really fun time. Yeah, no Halloween. Just listen to us weenies. Thank you. We'll be your Halloweenies. But honestly, um, this could not be a better Project Down and Dirty for these weird social distance times. We're going to have a whole lot of fun. And you'll get to hang out with us uh, throughout the whole process. Okay, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, hard pivot. Sorry about it. It's just the real deal. This is what we do. Um, We have to talk about Randy Andy. That's Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew. That's Uh, nasty. You know, we'll tell you what is nasty about him after this on My Talk 1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. I'll tell you in a second. My Talk 1071, streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. And I had read a headline the other day that, according to reports, uh, Prince Andrew had a very special place in his heart for redheads. In fact, not only that, he was, quote, obsessed with redheads. That's nasty. Yeah. It's also Redhead Appreciation Day, so that can start any minute. Thanks. Uh, but that's not why we're here. I don't care. Oh, you are the worst. Um, <laughs> that was not me. That was Holly. Okay. Whittling your knobs. Never knew. Um, okay, but it's time to talk about Prince Andrew. And yeah, we got to talk about gross, nasty. And we just have Aunt. to deal with that. I almost said nasty, nasty, but nasty yeah. Andy. Uh, because Prince Andrew was a sex addict and a daring lover, that's according to a new book, or he is rather, because present tense. There's this book, and I didn't know anything about this book. Did you guys? No. So do you know who Ian Halperin is? Why does that sound familiar? Is because he like it a, sounds familiar. Is so, he like a royal? No. He is a celebrity teller-aller. 
And Who he else wrote has he told all about? Michael Jackson. Ah, oh, that's right. That's and right. others. Yes. But he's writing a book all about Prince Nasty. And, uh, well, um, this book, Sex, Lies, and Dirty Money by the World's Powerful Elite, releases tomorrow. And he says that he, in the process of writing this book... Sorry, I get emotional. I know. Has talked to at least a dozen of Andrew's... What did you say? Nothing. I said it's hard. <laughs> okay. He, he talked to at least a dozen of Andrew's alleged former flames. Oof. Quote... Most of the women painted Andrew as a perfect gentleman and said it was consensual. One woman said he was a very daring lover, that there were no limits to where he would go in bed. So That's nasty. She told me, Andrew rocked my world in the bedroom. Ew. Is she? But she felt disappointed after that because she didn't hear from him again. Rude. One of Andrew's ex-lovers said he had a sex addiction because he was always second to Prince Charles. That's nasty. I don't get what that means. He compared his relationship with his brother to William and Harry. William is looked at as a royal as royal material, just like Charles, whereas he and Harry were the bad boys. This led to his playboy lifestyle. I mean, that's kind of garden variety. But he apparently says that he's also uncovered no evidence that Andrew um, had sex with underage women. Okay, I don't want to read this book. No, is she? No, this is not telling me the truth. No, no. because we know, actually, interestingly, that other story that I was uh, referencing actually says that part of what Jeffrey Epstein did was, quote, comb the streets to find redheads for him. Well, what I will say is... Because he was obsessed that's not with them. That Ian Halperin does say that despite the fact he didn't find evidence that... Um, he had sex with underage women. There is no doubt that Epstein provided girls to Andrew, mm-hmm. and that was the reason they were friends. He had an obsession with redheads. Uh, see, there it is. So it's it's Ian Halperin's book that's telling us yes. this. And this book comes out on Wednesday or Thursday, tomorrow. Um, and that, again, you just said this, but this is the quote from the book. He had an obsession with redheads, and Epstein would have his scouts combing the streets for the most beautiful redheads before they met. That's nasty. Reps for Andrew somehow couldn't be reached. I wonder why. (laughs) He's Um, busy. I do want to, I am interested in this book, actually, because I do, I do love salacious tell-alls. The, the the thing about not finding evidence of under of having sex with underage women, well, that doesn't surprise me because very likely Ian Halperin is writing, if he's doing his due diligence, is um he he is talking to the women who had right. consensual relationships right. with Prince Anne. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Right. Right? Right. Um, and not the people who were sex slaves of uh, Jeffrey Epstein who were children who he was trafficking. Yeah. Probably not having cover. Certainly didn't. I mean, which that's an interesting question. I would ask him like, well, what do you say about Virginia Roberts? Well, that would be my question is why did he call her? Did he have a conversation with her? What does what constitutes evidence? Because she's been very public. So it seems to me he just didn't reach out to her. Maybe he says Andrew, who insists his friendship with Epstein was purely about business. Mm hmm loop that's mm-hmm. prince andrew saying that mm-hmm. began to fear epstein because as halperin said epstein got information on people and he'd use it against him yeah. when he and andrew met in 2011 andrew was on his hands and knees begging epstein never to reveal anything about him if epstein had a prince on his knees imagine the power he had over others i mean dun, that's dun. actually all quite true and it reminds you of that time and we've heard the story of this scene that um why is her name slipping my mind right now? Ghislaine Maxwell was visiting him at the palace and she allowed him to sit on the queen's throne, mm-hmm. uh, among other things. That there was mm-hmm. something in that relationship with Jeffrey Epstein where clearly Prince Andrew was getting something from him and thought that and didn't think all the way through how that could flip and turn on him. Because here he just had somebody who seemed to want whatever he had because he was a prince. And then, lo and behold, as Jeffrey Epstein did, he got dirt on him. And that was what he used to control him. Are people like Prince Andrew just, like, lazy and bored? Like, what's the... I know I'm being facetious and sort of intentionally naive right now, but I say that. Because, like, if you were, a, like, sex-obsessed, you're rich and powerful, don't you kind of do your sex-obsessed, rich and powerful things, like, outside the view? Like, why would you be so lazy as to become involved with somebody like Jeffrey Epstein? Well, and how, I mean, if you're a prince, how hard is it to find ladies that would want to... Yeah. I mean, unless you're a predator, which... Right. Ugh. 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 I got so many questions. Books out tomorrow. Sex, lies, and dirty money by the world's powerful elite. Uh, dumb people doing dumb things. Coming up next. Crazy, stupid idiots after this on my talk 1071. Dumb things. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show, my talk 1071. Streaming live. And my talk 1071.com, everything entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. And these are your crazy, stupid idiots. Well, then, I guess one could say that's a crazy, stupid idiot. Yeah! Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in this video. Florida. 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 
Shaka Khan. Oh. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's go to. Wait for it. Never heard this before. Mm-hmm. Florida. What? Yeah. And I want to tell you about an elderly lady. Okay, don't say it like that. Suzanne Let me Miller. Tell you about this elderly lady. <gasps> she might be into it. True. Well, she was kind of not into it. And let me tell you what it is that she was not into. So I'm going to tell you about Suzanne Miller, 71. And I'm going to take you to an afternoon, Monday afternoon, at the Oceana Oceanfront Complex in Jensen Beach, Florida. Mm. Where she is now facing a battery charge. And I don't mean she's being plugged into the wall. Um, She's facing an actual battery (laughs) charge. Why? Why? Well, it's it's because of uh, a frac a fracas a fracas a fracas that busted out at the Oceana Oceanfront Complex mm. um, when she got all up in her neighbor's face. Would you like to know why? Why? Let me rephrase that. Would you like to guess why? Oh, okay. Why did she get all up in her neighbor's face? She literally because... became upset and started getting started getting loud when her neighbor did something or rather didn't do something uh didn't oh gosh i and listen this is really frustrating her neighbor forgot to bring the garbage down to the curb on garbage uh, that's oh, okay that's not it what if i told you she was a crazy stupid covidiot oh her neighbor coughed at her uh, her he neighbor refused to do something <clears throat> wear a mask um, so apparently, here's what had happened. According to the arrest affidavit, the victim in this case, we'll call him Maskless. Uh, Mr. Maskless told cops that Ms. Miller became upset and started getting loud when he decla- declined to put on a mask. The man who was returning to his apartment after retrieving mail in the lobby said that Ms. Miller told him she, quote, didn't feel comfortable riding the elevator with someone who wasn't wearing a mask. I mean, thank you. She was unable to stop the man from pressing the button for his floor, and that's when she began yelling, He's assaulting me! He's assaulting me! And when the man refused to leave the elevator, she tried to push him out and started intentionally beating him about the person. Okay. I understand being frustrated that somebody else is not doing the thing that oh is God, right in the moment. I was wondering how you were going to react to no, this. No, I, I understand being upset when you know the right thing to do in this moment is X, Y, or Z, and the other person won't do that thing. I understand that frustration. I understand that anger. I What I don't under... What I'm... It, that's not the way to well, handle also, it. Also, can I just point out the obvious? Yeah, what? It's so if obvious. you're concerned about getting the COVID, why are you touching a stranger? In also, the face? don't yell! Don't yell! That's how we pass things. Guys. Also, I just read I read a study: eighty percent of your loud ass voice, you know, could be re- reduced. Eighty percent of your chance of spreading. <laughs> are you trying to tell me to reduce my voice? Eighty percent. So no, um, 80%, you can lower your risk of transmission, transmitting mm-hmm. the COVID-19 by lowering your if voice. If you just shut your big mouth. Yeah. Anyway, um, this 5'2 old lady just went postal uh, on the um, gentleman. And by that, I mean 
save the U.S. Post Office. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, if you are concerned about a person not wearing a mask, here's what I would recommend you do. Leave the elevator and wait for the next elevator. Thank you. Yeah, because that I did have that experience recently where I have you been in an elevator at all? Uh, like twice since March. So yes, I went into two different kinds of elevators. One, it was a one holer. You could only do one person at a time. Oh my gosh! By the way, I mean, I'm sorry. I just thought I, I went off track. I'll tell you what my idea was later. Go ahead. Um, and there was a sticker in the elevator. It was too small for two people, so it was just one person. But then the uh, normal size elevator had stickers in the exact opposite corners. Mm-hmm. So one person was at the back and the other person at the front. And it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay. Next story. What now? What I was going to say was, wouldn't that be efficient if they could make a toilet elevator? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like the pressure would really prevent me I mean, from. It was a good idea until my... I started to actually think about it. Because you're like, because all of a sudden the door and opens and you're not done. Hold on a minute. 13th floor and you're just yeah. sitting there reading I'm gonna the paper. Ride it all the way down to <laughs> the Skyway again. Two. Number. Yep. Two. Um, let's go to Omaha for our next crazy, stupid idiot. Okay. Um, we're gonna meet twenty-five-year-old Thomas Truba, and he was trouble. Did he play the tuba? Mm, I don't know, but he did leave two suspicious boxes outside the Douglas County Courthouse on Friday afternoon. Uh, he took them out. A surveillance video shows that he took the two boxes out of his back seat of his car and then set them on the sidewalk near the courthouse around 2 p.m. and then drove off. Of course, they had to evacuate the courthouse as a result, and the uh, Omaha Police Department bomb squad had to arrive and use an explosive charge to render the packages safe. Uh, they did learn, of course, that those packages contain no explosive devices. However... Um, they were able to track Mr. Truba's car down, and Truba-duba. he was in it. And uh, they did have a search warrant. They were able to search his residence and his car. And uh, you know, this just go file this under. Don't do criminal things if your criminal things are going to expose more criminal things, mm-hmm. like. You better make sure your street's pretty clean before you do something nonsense like this. Um, Because it it turned out the suspicious packages were nothing, but now they're searching and now they found all the wrong things, including but not limited to MDMA, codeine, drug paraphernalia, 232 pounds of marijuana. Oh my God! Two hundred—that's a lot of pounds. pounds of marijuana. Where, that's like, where do you put that? I, I don't know. Uh, apparently, in his car. That's where he liked to keep it. Uh, they also found four hundred thousand dollars in cash. That was all in his car. Then they checked his residence, and they found two thousand grams of THC wax, two hundred twenty-seven grams of MDMA, and one hundred eighty-one grams of suspected marijuana. They found scales for weighing those narcotics around the house. My Lord. Yes. So I think we could say he was into the drugs. Um, And he was into the selling of the drugs. Because he was not doing all those drugs. He was packaging them and selling them. 
Uh, so that's the story. And now he has a, a bond set at $2 million. Bye. Bye. Again, if you're going to do something that is kind of bad, make sure the, the there's really bad. Then there was really bad stuff. The end. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> that was where? Oh, Omeha. Somewhere in middle America. Can we go to left, right America? Wait, that's to the right of me. So, uh, Florida. (laughs) Yes, thank you for the direction. I guess it's technically, it depends on where I'm standing. But anyway, the moral of this story is we're going to Florida, Palm Beach particularly. I have their police blotter. Mm. And um, this, I want to read you a couple of these. They're very short and to the point. So, I feel like you deserve them. Oh, thanks. You've done such a noble job today that you deserve a couple of these police blotter items. Fun. Um, but my favorite, and this is what brought me to the yard, um, not a milkshake. It wasn't a milkshake. Okay. I want to tell you about some criminal mischief that happened. Uh, and I think this was actually Delray Beach specifically. Uh, this took place on the 500 block of Brittany L. Uh, it says simply this, criminal mischief. A man found scratches on his vehicle, which was parked in his assigned space in the 500 block of Brittany L. Is that like short for lane or something? I don't know. Feces. Oh, gosh. Was smeared on the handle of the driver's door. Also, can I just point out that when you read this, it looks like Brittany L. Feces. (laughs) Because it says the 500 block (laughs) of Brittany L. period feces. All ca- I mean, it's capitalized. It looks like our name is Brittany Elfies. Oh, my God. And I just thought, that's why I br- was brought to this story, because I thought, oh, my God, somebody's name is Brittany L. Schmies. I mean, the sad part is there's probably somebody with that name. Do you think? Could be. Probably. Brittany Schmies? I mean, is that a last name? It might well, be. let's find out. Or Elfies might be. Oh, wait, not the Brittany, but the L. <laughs> Uh, oh, 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 okay. What? Well, I don't really know what that this means anything, but yeah, it turns out I'm looking here. Is this from the Palm Beach Police no, Blotter? Ancestry.com. Oh, no, they have, yeah, I'm in the same place. Uh-huh. Poop. Fecal family history. Poop family history. Okay, there are people let's... with the last name Poop. And I do want you to know. Where the fecal family is from. It's from <gasps> Illinois. Anna Poop. Oh my gosh, you Elizabeth Dorothea Poop. Okay. We can't handle this. this we're we not sure enough this. for this. this Mr. No. and Mrs. Poop. Okay. Do you want to give me anything else from that <laughs> blotter over there? Okay, um, really quickly. So the other story I wanted to share with you quickly. A man in the 100 block of Monaco D... What are the... Yeah, it must be... This is Drive. Okay. Thanks. In the 100 block of Monaco Drive, a man there had a female visitor. After she left, he realized $80 was missing from a drawer in his nightstand. I mean, what kind of female visitor is all I'm saying? Oh, is that the end of the story? Mm -hmm. She took his money? Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? I just love police blotters because it's so just like, you know... Matter it's nothing overly complicated. It's like some people did... Some, a, la- a lady's got her wallet stolen, 
when she had two men over at her house to deliver a refrigerator. Yeah, they weren't delivering a refrigerator. Or maybe they were. Okay. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we're going to play a little game. That game is called The Throwback Live. We'll do that after this on My Talk 1071. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.